0: Creative Brain Candy, by Creators for Creators. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Kevin, along with Chaz, my boy Andrew over here. And welcome to the Video Game Lounge Podcast, where we aren't here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. Now I want to start this episode by saying sorry we missed the last episode, Uh, had some life-changing events going on, we'll get into that in a little bit. First, it's been a little bit since I've got to talk to Andrew, I would like to see how the fuck he's been doing. Andrew, how the hell are you? I'm
1: tired. (laughs) Same, same. This past week, I was pulling a few doubles at uh at work doing some training during the day, and I have the night shift, so I was training during the day, working through the night, minimal sleep, training through the day, working at night, so I'm a little tired uh, catching up on my sleep, so
0: yeah. I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> it's fair. Well, I am also trying to catch up on sleep, and this is the what? reason- How come? We, this is the reason why we may have missed last episode uh my baby was born <laughs> <Huzzah>! <laughs> so uh i'm working on very little sleep taking care of my my little girl uh it's it's been a lot of fun but obviously we didn't get to record and that happened so you know i had to be in the hospital for a couple of days baby's perfectly fine do not worry your pretty little heads about it she is pale as fuck just like i am she's got pretty blonde eyebrows, just like I do. I think everyone's saying she looks like me. I can, Andrew, whenever someone has a baby and they're like, man, it looks like the mom or it looks like the dad. Can you ever tell? Because I for sure am like, it looks like a, a blob of, of seven pound fat.
1: A lot of times it's very hard to tell, like, especially for somebody like me that I can't remember names or faces. But <laughs> whenever you actually have like similar features, like the the way that the eyes are more set to the... The context of where it rests on the head, like how the nose kind of looks, if it's a little more narrow, wide, if it's higher bridge, lower bridge, like the mouth is just like a, a, a baby's mouth, like you can't really go off <laughs> the, the mouth. But um, she definitely has your strawberry blonde hair. Yeah, yeah.
0: They they may change. They say, you know, the baby's going to lose the hair, like it falls out, but then stuff grows back in. But it's still pretty blonde it's it's really light and I'm going like based off her eyebrows I'd imagine that's probably going to be pretty light color two things I can say that her ears are like mine I have those like little notches in the outside of my ear
2: mm.
0: uh, she has that and then she has both me and my wife's chin we both have a butt chin and the reason why I know that so much is because my wife got angry or yelled it wasn't angry we were like playful banter, but before Theo was born, uh, we were like, hey, what do you think she's going to look like? And I was like, well, I bet she's going to have a butt chin because my wife has a butt chin, but so do I. And my wife's like, you're a butt chin. And I was like, Joe, I got a butt chin too. It's okay. <laughs> and She's like, <laughs> she, she like looks down. She goes, oh, <laughs> I mean. It
1: hides in your beard. So it's I not say, like she I've probably had, forgot.
0: Yeah, I've had a I've had a beard since I got retired from the prison, so it's it's been a long time since she's could see the actual underneath. So I don't I don't fault her for that. And some of you guys may be wondering where Monsieur John is. We will go ahead and
2: let him describe in his own words where he's at. So, here he is. Hey everyone, it's John. Just want to chime in here with a little update. Sadly, it's some sad news. Just wanted to let you guys know that I am going to be taking a step back from doing any recording for VGL. It saddens me because um, this is a thing that I wanted to do for quite a long time in creating this podcast and doing it with Andrew and Kevin has been um, something that I really, really enjoy and have found uh, like oddly therapeutic and has been... One of those things that I just look forward to every time that we can record. But the truth of the matter is, I guess I should say, nothing has happened between the three of us—myself, Andrew, Kevin. There's no bad blood or anything. What this is is just—it's not me not having enough time. And you guys know that my wife just had our second child not too long ago, about six, seven months ago. So I've been busy with what is my normal job and. Being a dad, and then you guys know that also that I'm going back to school, and although I'm only taking two classes, the homework load for those two classes has actually been a lot more than I would have anticipated, and that's just what it is. Is not having enough time to really put aside for the podcast. I'm also having to to stop playing guitar, which also hurts, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> so. When we had started this podcast, we had said that, you know, if either one of us or had, you know, an issue that, that came up that would be ha- having to take us away from the podcast, we would let the other guys know and then we would just kind of make it work around that. And so that's what this is. Ultimately, I have to say that I am absolutely thankful to Andrew and Kevin for continuing the show. I left it up to them if they wanted to do that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't ask them to, but they were like, "No, we got this. We're we're gonna continue on." So I hope that you guys continue to listen to the show. We have some really really cool topics and ideas for the show coming up. And ultimately, this is just a temporary thing with me being out. Uh, School will be done for me in May, and um, I should be able to come back and pick this right back up where we were and be you know the the three person team that we are. Because I feel like this show, this podcast, works. Best with three talking heads, and and it's just fun. That's just what it is. I I can say that I am absolutely enjoying school. Uh, the two classes that I'm doing, I'm learning a lot of stuff. Things that I hope to be able to share whenever I'm able to come back on the show. It was actually it, it's been a lot of fun for me. But I'm learning two new programs that I've never used before. All new language and and how to do things. I'm actually making some cool stuff. At least for me, it's cool. It's, it's been just absolutely fun. It's been a good ride so far. And that's just what it is. Uh, I'm currently not drinking anything, which is a shame. My little mini-fridge here is empty. But you guys know that Horizon's been out for a couple of weeks now. When I've had free time, I've been playing it. And man, it has simultaneously met and also just completely shattered my expectations. It is such a great game. I know a lot of people are talking about Elden Ring, as probably well-deserved. That game will probably be the best game that I never play. <laughs> I I just absolutely suck at From Software games. Uh, I was never really good at the Souls games. I never finished Bloodborne, technically, although I found that one to be a little easier some for some reason. Don't know. I, I've put about, uh, I don't even know how many hours in on Horizon, but it has been amazing. Graphically, one of probably the best looking game that I've played the new mechanics and things that they've they've added new weapons, new robot dinosaurs, new just uh, like side quests and things uh, the map looks incredible everything about this game so far I'm absolutely loving. so if you were interested in this game or you played the last game and wanted to know kind of like what this game is I all I can say is I just recommend. Go buy it. It is absolutely incredible. You should go play this game. And that's pretty much it. I'll turn it back over to Andrew and Kevin. Again, I just hope that you guys continue to listen to the show. It means a lot to us that you do. I guess I'll just end with the kind of cliche thing that, you know, it's not goodbye, it's just see you later. Or maybe I should just say, see ya! John, please take your break.
0: We will be here whenever you want to come back so he yes. there's there's do not do not go on twitter do not try and wiki it uh don't go to wiki feet and look at john's feet
1: yeah go to go to the vgl only fans for that
0: yeah there you go <laughs> uh there's no bad blood between us please do not look too much into this it is literally just a time issue and that's kind of what happened with this episode was that it was a time issue with my baby being born we couldn't do the episode so we love doing this podcast. He does miss you all. He wants to come back. It's just right now, it's not a good time. But he will be back. He, he promised us he would come back. So sorry for all the listeners that John is your favorite. Find a new one. You got two to pick from. Figure it out. <laughs> all right? <laughs> so I just want to say, all in all, you know, we're going to miss having John on here. But he will not be gone forever, I promise you all. It's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of transition. You know, me and Andrew did some solo episodes before, but they weren't the full fledged VGL episodes. They were kind of you know, we just chit chatted back and forth about whatever we want to talk about where we're going now we're going into the pre plans stuff that we talked about before and you know, the actual episodes. So it's gonna take a little bit of transition. I hope you guys stick with us please you know talk to us if, if there's anything that we're doing that you guys really like. like you're like, oh, you guys are really picking it up where John you know would have his quips in, but you guys are nailing it on the head. Just know that we are going to do our best effort to continue to give you guys the best that we can, not saying the best there is because we're not. <laughs> but we will continue to try and give you guys some entertainment. In all video game, drinking, and sexual jokes we can. Damn skippy. <laughs> Going into that, let's start this damn episode with Andrew What Whatcha Drinkin'?
1: Well, recently I went to the store and I was specifically going for the Jameson Orange whiskey because I saw a TikTok about it because I am that easily influenced. So I ended up getting that, trying it, liking it. But at the same time I was there, I also wanted to restock on something that I was out of and that is a good old Woodchuck
0: Amber. <laughs> so I am sipping on a Woodchuck. That sounds pretty good. Is it the the regular flavor? Yeah,
1: it's the the amber, little red red label.
0: Have they changed the label? I I, I know I've said this before, but I haven't drank and I haven't drank one in a long time.
1: I don't really think so. I mean, you got the thirtieth
0: man, thirty years man. Good for them. I didn't think apple cider was that big for that long. Obviously, they've had apples hard cider before.
1: Yeah, it's probably been more of like, just like a lot of breweries will have their IPAs and all their regular beers and have a couple of ciders on the side. It's nice that Woodchuck has been around as long as they have and are still able to bring out very good quality beverages.
0: Nice. Uh, Me, on the other hand, trying not to drink too much because for these first couple months I'll be home with Joe and the baby obviously doesn't know what the fuck's going on, so kind of had to be clear-headed. Uh, so I'm just drinking uh straight monster energy drink, no no vodka this time, uh, just to kind of perk up, because uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I am pretty tired. Got to sleep pretty good last night, though, so feeling okay right now, just a little dragging ass, but the podcast really livens me up, and the monster energy drink just gives me a, that little boost that I need.
1: A little pep in your step.
0: Yeah, man, a little pep in step what it's been a little bit since we've been able to record. So Andrew, what have, uh, what have you been playing since our last one? You just got, pulled, 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 pulled.
1: You just got Well, even though I've been like busy and tired myself, I, I still get an occasional, like, you know, two hours of war zone in a week. And, uh, little bit of genshin impact in the mornings to get the the dailies done but i am excited to say that as mentioned at the end of the year last year uh an anticipated game that i was interested in i finally got and i got to play and it is fun it is pokemon legends arceus and when I tell you that it, it it is so enjoyable and intriguing and it's a, it's a joy to have like a different style of Pokemon game. It's not the same copy-paste. Oh, here's the bad guys. Oh, stop the bad guys. Oh, beat the Elite
0: Four. There was some gambling. Yes. Well. <laughs> In the first ones there were. Uh, the first and second ones, yeah. But it's very
1: much like, uh, it, it still has the aspects of Pokemon where you have Pokemon that you are raising and can battle, especially against wild Pokemon. But there are aspects that are similar to Horizon, Zero Dawn, or even like a, a Breath of the Wild where you craft, you find, uh, recipes or, uh, you know, crafting methods that you learn along the ways and you can craft your own Pokeballs, great balls, One, uh, Pokeballs that are specific for ground type heavy balls or that are specific for certain types of Pokemon and you could just go around and just chuck Pokeballs. As long as you find the random ingredients throughout the wild, you can craft it either back at the village or on the spot. So that, that's been a lot of fun. And the fact that there's also the chance of, you know, shiny hunting after a while and this and that. I lucked out in the very beginning before I even caught my original six. One of the styles of Pokemon, the types of Pokemon that you come across is a Shinx. It's a little almost cub looking lightning Pokemon. And the third one that I found and caught was a shiny. Hell yeah. So It's been in my party throughout the whole thing. Did you name them? I haven't named any of them yet. I don't know if I should or not. Like, I've never been one to really, like, name them.
0: I did if we were doing, if uh, I was doing, like, a Nuzlocke, because that's that's one of the quote-unquote rules is to name all of them. Yeah, it's to make it more personal,
1: especially if you were to lose them.
0: Yeah, I remember I lost my Jigglypuff, who I named Lady Gaga. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Lady Gaga. Um, uh, I saw I saw some videos of uh, the Pokemon game. I saw like they were just chunking Pokeballs at kind of like the same Pokemon over and over again. What what happens if they if you catch the same Pokemon? Do they go to the Pokemon bank like they would before? Or do they turn into supplies or?
1: So before I even like recognized how that was happening, I did text my cousin and ask her because she is already playing it. It's it's very similar because it's a very it's a, it's a more primitive age. There isn't Bill's PC to have all the extras. There's actually like a ranch. So you go and you there's this uh, little cattle corral area. You talk to the person that's in front of it that's in charge of the ranch. And you have basically like pages of the Pokemon that you have caught. The extras. And you can go up and find like a herd of like Starlies. And you could just throw Pokeballs and just catch a whole shit ton of starlies, And that'll actually help you learn more about them. Because basically, once again, you're filling out the Pokedex. But it's not like the original Pokedex where you catch it and you know all the information. No, you're actually like learning. You have to catch a certain amount of this pokemon you have to defeat a certain amount of this pokemon you have to see them use a move you have to have them use a move like see them use it this move that move uh see them defeated by a style that's weak to them catch a variable whether or not you know this one's a little heavier this one's a little lighter they all have their own like individual stats as well which sometimes makes it where you mass catch them or that pokemon You can have one that's, you know, this one's a little beefier than the rest of them, or this one's a little weaker, and you can do with those as you please. The more that you actually fill out that quote unquote Pokédex, there are some people that will have little side quests for you to do that, and you can show them, like, oh, I've always been interested in a Beazle. Can you show me that? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, this is the information I've gathered because you're part of the Survey Corps, which is very much like Attack on Titan, and you're you're out and about, away from the village, but you're trying to figure out what's going on outside the village. And then there's also the construction core, that does a lot of things of building up the village. And then you've got like the security core, and they're the ones that are all about maintaining the safety of the village from attacks. and It it gave me strong Attack on Titan vibes. It was great, which was hilarious because as I was playing that. Kevin was catching up.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking the last two seasons Yeah, I was crushing attack on Titan before my kid was born. I was oh so yeah, man. good. It's a uh, I haven't watched the newest episode yet, uh but I want to watch it and I won't I won't talk about it on stream cuz I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it, but
1: yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's good. Definitely worth a watch. For sure.
0: What uh what else you got, man?
1: Oh uh, Surprisingly enough, like whenever I get home from work, it's late. I don't always feel like hopping on playing Call of Duty or this or that like sometimes I'm tired but there's a game that I actually bought off of Steam to help learn a new language. And I've played Duolingo before. Like I played Duolingo. Like I've had it as an app. I prefer it over some of the other different like learning games. Duolingo is good. It's fun. It's free. And sometimes it's easy to learn the way that they teach it. Sometimes it's not. So the one I've actually purchased off of Steam is called Learn Japanese to Survive. And there's three different versions of that. There's the hiragana, the katakana, and the kanji. If you do or don't know Japanese, there's basically different forms of the language that are broken down for... One is basically representative of their alphabet, the hiragana, and that's for things that happen... It's basically for words of Japanese that are like domestic to Japanese. And then you have kanji, which is basically like shorthand. Instead of writing out all the letters, you can just have this simplified shorthand version. And then you have katakana, which is for foreign vocabulary that has been introduced into Japan. So there's a lot to learn on it, and I'm working on that. But it has a fun RPG aspect to it. It's very old school-esque, like an RPG off of PlayStation 1 or something like that, where you wander around in the map. You can have uh, your characters level up with experience and whatnot, but the only way to do damage is to appropriately identify what characters that you encounter in the wild because it's the letters. And if you don't identify it correctly, you don't do damage to it. And they'll keep attacking you while you don't guess it correctly. But when you guess it correctly, you do damage to it, you can defeat it, you can get experience, etc. So it starts out with just a couple of letters and then it increases as you go, making it so that you have to more and more to remember. And I feel like it's actually, it's explaining it pretty well. And maybe it'll help me out just to learn a new language.
0: Is there a reason why you picked that language? Is it because you're a weeb?
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because I can already understand some things with uh, just listening uh, during the subtitles and whatnot. Because, yes, I do subs, not dubs.
0: I do too. It depends on the anime.
1: It does. It very much depends on the anime. It depends on the company that even does the dubs. Mm. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they just don't match up. Sometimes the acting, I feel, is better for the subs, like for the original. But... That's another topic for not this podcast. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, with Duolingo over the years, I I tried to do like refresher courses for Spanish because I took Spanish in high school. Um, I even tried to do a little bit of like Gaelic and Irish just because I wanted to visit Ireland. I even did a little bit of French because it is it's it's very similar to Spanish, but it's also very different. If you're learning a different language, there are some similarities into how you're learning Spanish or French that are similar. And then after the last thing I really was messing with on Duolingo, because the ADD doesn't allow me to really process and stay on the same topic for long, was Japanese. So I was learning some of that, and then I just stopped playing on the app for a while. And then I saw, oh, this is cool. It's on sale. It's pretty cheap. <laughs> and I got it on Steam.
0: Nice, nice.
1: But, I mean, that's that's basically what I've been messing with lately. What about you, bud?
0: I know it's been a while since we last recorded, but I haven't been able to play too much. I did get big boss rank on Metal Gear, uh, the original whoop one. Whoop. So Metal Gear is accomplished. It was it was a pain in the ass, not going to lie. Uh, I actually beat it once, and I got too many alerts. I got I think I got one alert too many. So I got equal rank, so I had to go through and beat it again. I think my time was like 35 minutes. Uh I had to dig out the picture. Uh I'll post it on the Instagram at some point.
1: Now is that speedrun-esque or is that like a little too long?
0: No, I mean I used the speedrun route. I think the world record is like twenty-five minutes or something. I used a lot of saves. But even using the saves doesn't make it that much easier, because what happens is I start the game, I go north a few times, go east, pick up the key card, go south, go through the door, pick up uh, whatever the item was in there, probably another key card, and then go to the elevator. If I save at any of those points, it'll start me back at the beginning of the game. Once I get to the elevator, and inside the elevator, and I save at the elevator, that's my actual save point. So those like three minutes I did prior will finally be saved once I hit that elevator, but if I save... Even if I'm at the screen of the elevator and I save and I load the game, it'll start me back at the beginning. So it's still a little difficult and there's some RNG aspects uh, to it. There's one room where you have to see for a wall and there's three guards just firing at you. It's one of the mandatory alerts and they can suicide themselves by walking into the goddamn explosive. So you have to be very careful. There's nothing you can do. You just place it and then you hope. So I got, I got pretty lucky there, uh, and that's right after a very annoying desert scene where there's like little scorpions, and they come after you, and if they, they hit you, uh, they, if they get your hitbox, and they're really slow until they get near you, and then they like zoom towards you, uh, they give you poison. I don't even know if there's an antidote, because I didn't grab an antidote, so I will just reload the save and go fucking goddammit. It was a lot of fun. So big boss for Metal Gear is down, so that means I moved on to Devil May Cry 2. Which is regarded as the worst of the series. My thoughts so far, because I'm on mission nine. It's not bad. Obviously I only have one and two and a little bit of DMC to go after the the remake or not sorry, the reboot. 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 The reboot. Thank you. Uh thank you, me. You didn't fucking come up with it. Don't take credit for it. Uh the reboot of Devil May Cry. DMC. I don't have too much to go off of. I can see why people don't enjoy it. So far, it's very easy. I'm playing on normal mode just like I did Devil May Cry 1. And I know that's not the best way to go off a game is by judging it by difficulty on normal mode. But it is easy compared to Devil May Cry 1 normal mode. So far, like I said, I've, I've played I'm up to Mission 9. I think there's 18, so I'm about halfway through the game. They took away all his, his quips. He's not you know the, the one-liner, I'm-in-a-Marvel-movie kind of guy. Uh, he's just a silent antagonist, and it's like, why did you do that? It's kind of like uh, in Wolverine when they muted Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool, why would you they do? They finally that?
1: shut you up, Wade.
0: <laughs> why would they do that? It makes no sense. I was having, I'm still having fun with it. I, uh, I enjoy the combat. There's actually a dodge button now. The problem with the dodge button is if you're near a wall and you dodge, he'll. Do like a matrix run at the wall and a flip, which adds nothing but it looks cool, but it, it actually hinders your movement because if you're trying to dodge against an enemy and you're near a wall, he does that instead and then you get hit. So that's pretty annoying.
1: Now, the quips that he would do like, was that during cutscenes or things like that, or was that just during gameplay?
0: No, nah, just during cutscenes. He didn't say anything during the actual gameplay, all you he would hear is the <laughs> when you would do a three-hit combo of the sword. He, he was pretty quiet during that, but even during the cutscenes of Devil May Cry 2, he just doesn't say shit. I think he might have said like two or three lines, and they're all dark and very mysterious kind of shit. The problem I have with it is I've got, I think it was like mission five or six, somewhere right around there. I went against a tank that was transformed by... Demons or something, so it was still a tank, but it had like eyeballs and it would like shoot at me. So that drew me. I was like, "What? What is? What is this crap?" Whoa! I didn't know I was in an anime. Yeah, and then the boss was an Apache helicopter that had an eyeball on its where the door is, the side door where like the people repel out of. Yeah, there was an eyeball there, and that boss fight was very, very, very annoying. Because from what I understand, there's no way to hit it with your sword, and I missed a gun, I think it was a grenade launcher. I missed it, because I think it was either a secret mission, or I just completely missed it. So I had one of our pistols. So I'm mashing Y for legitimately like 10 fucking minutes, and then I died. And I was like, I'm done with this for right now. <laughs> and then I came back to it, and I beat it. But like I said, the bosses so far, even the enemies, it's it's trivial, it's easy, it's, it's I can see why people haven't didn't enjoy this one as much. And I'm looking forward to 3 because people say 3 is the best one. But enough about Devil May Cry. After, well, after Devil May Cry, when I beat 2, I'm going to go to Metal Gear Solid 2 for the MSX and get Big Boss on that. So stay tuned for that. The last game I played was on the 3DS. and This was because I had my kid. Nintendo came out recently and they were like, Okay, hey guys, Wii U, 3DS eShop, we're shutting her down. Get what you need, get the fuck out. We appreciate your business. Don't let the door hit you on the way, uh, or your ass on the way out. I was like, man, I got to get on this. And this guy I follow on Twitter, and I've watched a few of his YouTube videos before. Uh, he's, he, watching his videos has helped me mod quite a few of my consoles that I've modded. Uh, his name's Voltar. Shout out. Shout out to Voltar. He's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. It's V-O-U-L-T-A-R, Voltar. Really good teacher. And the reason why I say that is because he explains it very well, breaks it down to you in like a rudimentary level, explains why he's doing things, shows it to you really well, like the camera's all good. But then he does it with a sense of humor as well. Like it's 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 actually fun to watch him do these things.
1: Yeah, because there's nothing worse than a tutorial that is just very blah, bland,
0: moderate. Oh, mono. for sure. But uh, the reason why I, I want to shout him out is because he just came out with a video... On how to mod your Wii U and 3DS, so I was like, "Sweet, my daughter's born. I can't do too much console stuff because I gotta have, I gotta be on standby with the kid all the time." So I was like, "Let me mod my 3DS." Pulled up his video. I mean, he breaks it down so easy, step by step by step for the 3DS. Haven't watched the Wii U one because I haven't touched the Wii U, but if it's anything like the 3DS, he absolutely crushes it. So. I just loaded up the 3DS with a shitload of games. And what I played on that, which kind of leads into the topic for the day, was Majora's Mask 3D. I love Majora's Mask. It's my favorite Legend of Zelda game. The 3DS version is not the best version to play. I can tell you right now, the Switch version that just came out is definitely not the version to play. (laughs) Uh, There are quite a few problems with that. But I was like, I haven't played the 3DS version in a while. I want something to, you know, to play when I'm taking care of the baby or something like that. So I've been playing Majora's Mask on the 3DS, and it's been a blast. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. Updated graphics a little bit. They upgraded some of the, the sound bites. They changed some things, and that's the reason why it's not the the quintessential version to play. They made the game a bit easier. Uh, some of the bosses they made easier. They moved some locations of stuff. They actually. Made Zoro movement in the water. Do you remember the Zoro movement in the water, Andrew? It was like really fluid. You almost like were a dolphin.
1: Yeah, it was very much like Echo the Dolphin, like but remastered.
0: Well, they they changed that, and you can only do that when you're like wasting magic or something. It's very dumb. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things they changed that didn't make any sense. But like I said, all I've got is the 3DS, so that's what I've been playing on. That I loaded up some few more games, so. In the few, next few episodes, you'll probably hear me more talking about the 3DS and stuff. Great console. Can't wait to dive more into that. But that's that's about what I've been playing. I think, right I think that about covers everything. That kind of leads us right smack dab into the topic. And you'll hear Majora's Mask coming up. But before we get into today's episode, let's go ahead and give our shout out. Uh, this week's shout out from Creative Brain Candy is stay wild trauma child and who better to explain their channel than them themselves and here they are
2: excuse us we've been trying to reach you about your life's
0: traumatic experiences no no don't
2: hit fast forward
0: we come in peace i'm jamie and i'm steph
2: and we're the hosts of the stay wild trauma child podcast we are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss parenthood relationships mental health and so much more
0: So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let
2: you get back to your show.
0: Stay wild, future trauma child. Go make sure you guys check them out and others, like I said, at creativebraincandy.com. But on to the main topic of today, and that topic is Games that we can replay just over and over again. It doesn't matter how many fucking times we played it. We can play it and say the lines just like we were watching one of our favorite movies. And we're going to try and discuss some of those and why we just love them so much. So, Andrew, start us off. What's one of the games that no matter how many times you beat it, maybe you didn't even beat it. Maybe you just play it so damn much and it's so long of a game you never beat it. So that's why you keep on going back. Give me a game that you have no problem firing up. You can be on a desert island with it.
1: Boy, have I got one for you. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot that we'll both have the same reactions about. But my first one is definitely going to be Skyrim. Now, even though it's actually... It's come across in what? Four generations of consoles now?
0: Three, I think. 360... 360 1 series x 1 2 okay so
1: three
0: three consoles 15, 15 different consoles three generations <laughs> three
1: generations like no matter how many hours i sink into it i just i i enjoy it so much like it gives me the new sense of reprieve every time that i like i i start it up and i have so many things available to me it's an adhd person's like haven of I don't have to think of what I need to do. I can just wander around and do. Oh, what's that? I wanted to wander through this mountain. Oh, here's a cave that I haven't explored. Oh, there's a bad guy in here. Oh, wait, no, there's this over here. Oh, it gave me a treasure map. Oh, let me go figure out this treasure map. Well, along the way, oh, look, there's a dragon over there. Let me go attack this dragon over there. You always want to start out with something different of a different class every time that you restart it. But you always seem to be a stealth archer. Every time, just a stealth archer. <laughs> you're sneaking around, you being a little sneaky snake. No. It's absolutely That's true. You know true how many, many times all. I've restarted and be like, all right, I'm going two-handed weapon on this. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I picked up an archer, and or, or picked up a bow, and <laughs> now I'm an archer, and I do a little magic on the side, just like uh, I'm at a kid's birthday party. <laughs> no matter how many times i restart i go back to being a stealth archer no no heavy builds no like some light build but uh you get enough magic going you can even just have the uh the cast bow which i did after a while that way you don't have to worry about <laughs> finding errors and having good errors you just always have that magic bow
0: I, I've i gone through a couple of playthroughs uh, where I didn't touch the bow. I purposely would not pick up a bow just so I I wouldn't pick up bows. I wouldn't pick up arrows just so I didn't even have the opportunity to uh, bow and arrow build, but somehow it always ended up being a like dagger oh, yeah. build.
1: Well, because when you, when you go through and even with a dagger build, you're still stealth and how many times can you come up behind somebody mm-hmm. and stealth kill them and then you're good to go to the next bad guy.
0: True. That's, that's definitely one. I can get on there. I think I can play through it because my memory is pretty shit. So every time I go through it again, I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> I've never did this before. But God damn it, I'm pretty sure I've fucking done it like 800 fucking times at this point.
1: Right. But I mean, it's got to be longer for you, though, because you don't like the fast travel.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> I uh, if it makes sense in the game, I've talked about this before. I will use the the, ch- the chariot that they have outside. I will not, but I will not fast travel because I feel like it just takes me out, which sometimes if I do a magic build, I will, because I can justify it by going, okay, well, they might have teleport magic, but if I'm a heavy melee user, I'm like, all right, where's my horse? I'm hoofing it. One game for me that kind of goes along with Skyrim is Fallout 3. I love Fallout 3. I love the music. Obviously, it's very, very dated. But the the side quest, I think, is what really gets me. i I love doing the different types, because like Skyrim, there's no real diversion in the path. like you can pick a couple things where Fallout 3, I feel like has more options on how you want to play, uh good or bad and stuff like that. Not much to say about Fallout 3 about why it's so amazing. It's Skyrim with guns and nukes, like <laughs> what more could you want?
1: I mean I've tried that one it, it like it was interesting enough and I can see how you and John originally talked about liking it I think it's like a book for me like unless I get far enough into the chapters I'm not really invested enough to want to keep reading so I think I just didn't get to that point in fallout to really have it suck me in
0: so you gotta go you gotta play right you gotta go to Megaton and you just play all of Megaton and I feel like once you get through Megaton that it's drawn you in enough. That's like the first major city you come across. Then you have the option of blowing up Megaton. And that's really cool because, I, like I said, I had save files where I would just reload yep. the save and nuke Megaton. So definitely doesn't say anything <laughs> about me as a person.
1: Well, I mean, if we're still talking about RPGs, even back for PlayStation 1, I always enjoyed Final Fantasy VII. And that was a game that I did beat a couple times. But you can put so much time into it and so many hours to it. I think I had about three, at least, different like fully completed games that I had 75, 80 plus hours into it that I didn't mind doing. Like it was fun. It was enjoyable each time. Yes, there was, you know, a hiatus in between. But whenever you go back to it, it's like, all right, I have to build this back up. I have to make sure this all material is good for this attack, for this cure. I want to make sure I can see if I can remember or see if I can find each hidden item or materia as I go along. And I want to experience the story all over again because I enjoyed the story. And just as John was saying, like the remake does a great job at telling the story in a better fashion, I agree. I played the remake too. And it's a game that I can just keep going back to. It's just another RPG that... Draws me in.
0: Not same. I remember playing Final Fantasy VII on stream. Uh, obviously, last year with the Final Fantasy year, beat Final Fantasy VII then. Beat Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I beat Final Fantasy VII. And everything about that game is just magical to me. Uh, I've actually been playing it as lullaby music for my kid <laughs> and my wife's even like getting into it she's like hey you want to can you play some music i was like what do you want i was like do you want some more disney music do you want some she's going no, play the final fantasy stuff again i was like all right cool final fantasy so it's it's been a lot of fun i've played it so many times that when i hear the music i know exactly where we are in the ps1 version of the game so it definitely definitely a game that i can play through numerous times and not be upset about side
1: note one of the most memorable gifts i was given years ago was actually from mr sean he had burnt me a cd that had all sorts of video game music to it so it had final fantasy 7 music it had ocarina of time music it had this music that music and it was just like it was a very entrancing yet sometimes mellow yet sometimes hype mix and i just loved playing that over and over and over again because it had final fantasy seven music like it different parts that were just key on that time so shout out sean i still have that disc i gotta find a cd
0: player though (laughs) doesn't your car have CD player no i mean you got that you got the ps1 the the 1001 version that's pinnacle i'm telling you people will find those and look for them to create cd players at them that is a very very good cd player so just saying plug in that ps1 just saying just saying man another rpg that i could play over and over again is super mario rpg fucking love this game i remember andrew yes. and this when we were growing up i never did i didn't get a copy until much later on in life it's mario and rpg and then it has a final fantasy hidden enemy in it it's it's amazing i don't think many people have too many bad things to say about super mario pg the music is great characters are lively the art style is just it, it pops you you guys know i love my vibrant colors i don't mind the dreary stuff but when a game comes out and it's like here's bright green here's blue red and it's just all over the place it's it's, a, it's awesome the 3d aspect was really cool for the time well i guess it was like 2.5 i guess would be the term
1: because it, it had that shifted Z axis mm-hmm. so that you're basically, you press down on the D pad and you go like down right. You press left on the D pad, you go down left. Again, one of the key games that I had for uh, Genesis, Landstalker, did that yep. too and did that really,
0: really well. They introduced some new characters that are big fan favorites: uh, Gino and Mallow. Uh have not seen those guys again, but good <laughs> news nope. is. Andrew, I just sent you an article about the the director of Super Mario RPG said he always wanted to make a Super Mario RPG two as his final game, and he's he's getting to that point. So hopefully, yes. we can see a Super Mario RPG two because there's been other Mario RPGs. You had Mario and Luigi, uh, the game series, they were pretty cool. Uh, they just didn't they didn't hit that the same notes that Super Mario RPG did. I feel like, uh, so super excited to see a super mario RPG sequel because people have been clamoring for it people that have played super mario RPG have been begging for this the sequel to come and it just never happened never get to see more of geno i remember super smash brothers was all the dlc all the new fighters were being announced and everyone was like please just give us geno we want geno and i didn't i I never realized that people give a shit that much about geno because he doesn't really say much in the the game you know he's he's cool he's got a Cool little vibe to him. He's a little puppet. Bing. Yeah, he's got the finger bang, finger bang, bang all night. Bang bang. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was a really cool game. Uh, Bowser was on your team. Uh, I remember you could have Princess Peach on your team, and one of her weapons that was that was awesome was the frying pan, and just yes. hearing the sound. And what was really what, what I really enjoyed, and I swear to God, it has ruined almost probably gaming for me. They had in the battles. You could dodge or do an extra attack if you timed your hits correctly. So now when I play an RPG or I play anything that's kind of like that's kind of loosely turn-based, now I have to time all my A buttons to go along with whatever action is going on in the game, even though it makes no difference whatsoever. So thank you, Super Mario RPG, for making me <laughs> do this for the rest of my freaking life. My controllers are getting ruined now because I'm doing all these extra A button presses.
1: Well, I'll double down on that and say that nintendo is doing that intentionally because you could also have that extra boost on mario kart if you timed your your gas pedal to the right speed of the lights as they were going beep beep, beep. <laughs> and then you get that boost if you mess it up you just spin out at the starting line you remember yeah of course so i mean like it i don't think it was just super mario rpg i think it's nintendo in general like during that era they're just like hey hey watch this <laughs> do you, you want to see an entire generation like get get their hopes up or have a, a habit i'm about to ruin this whole man's they career. Break?
0: <laughs> son of a bitch they got us it was the long con
1: the very long con <laughs> but i mean i think i think even building off of that you're talking about how When people were interested in Geno for the Super Smash Brothers, like I enjoy Super Smash too. I think Super Smash, I I think it's gotten a lot more convoluted with all the the characters they're trying to add in for the newer consoles and whatnot, but it's a fun game to still go back to and be able to play. I'm not into fighting games like Mortal Kombat or Fatal Fury or things like that, Tekken, but I enjoyed Super Smash, maybe because it was a little more cartoony. That it, it appealed to me a little better. I don't understand. Or maybe just the fact that like whenever it first came out, I could be Link, I could be Star Fox, I could be you know Kirby, Pikachu. Pikachu was so overpowered in the Nintendo sixty four one. That Thunderbolt did a man. Did the Thunderbolt <laughs> and just launch people? <laughs> you timed that just right, and everyone hates you. Super Smash is one that I can always like you know go back to, and I know that there are people now that would just absolutely wreck me if I tried to play online against anybody, but. If you were to still have friends over, people over, and it's something that you could always just have a little fun, little like match of, oh, I recognize that character. I'll play as him, and then you just go in a little brawl fest. You could just play that over and over.
0: Do you think it was maybe the user friendliness of it? Because I feel like when you go into fighting games, even the beginning, it's 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 a lot of memorization of buttons and stuff like that. Where this was just kind of all the combos. What?
1: Yeah, I mean because. It was very simplistic in its design. You had your special attack and you had your regular attack. And then with a direction, you could have an alternate version of said attack. Boom. Simple. You don't have to go down, diagonal, right, right to shoot uh, and then punch for you to shoot an ice ball as sub-zero. Do the opposite for him to freeze the floor or hold low kick for five seconds to do a bicycle kick. Whoa, 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 and fly across the screen. It, it wasn't as complicated as trying to do all these combos. It's just, here's your buttons, work them as you see fit.
0: Because me and Andrew played a lot of Super Smash Brothers on the N64. Do you remember when we were going to pitch Super Smash Brothers 2 to Nintendo?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> I remember we tried to uh, figure out all the different moves. Like, what characters were we going to add in? What moves were we gonna do? Kevin always liked Kirby, and I wrote down for his B move. Kirby sucks. I was like, we and can't- he's like, don't say that.
0: <laughs> I like Kirby. Kirby, Kirby was the shit, man. A lot of good memories with Super Smash Brothers and Super Smash Brothers Melee. I remember you telling me about the commercial. Uh, this was obviously before the YouTube days. And you're like, have you seen this commercial? I was like, no, man they're frolicking in the field yeah, and then they start beating the fuck out of each other i love everything about the original super smash brothers uh, i really enjoy the artwork do you remember the artwork they had for like the instruction booklet um for super- yes it was such a weird style and i something about it just i fell in love with i can't even they were really cartoony like super cartoon everything about them was over exaggerated it was really cool Something I wish they kind of went back to, but I I understand it's kind of a niche thing.
1: I mean, we're still talking
0: fat Pikachu here. True, true. Then Pikachu got... You on that keto diet. Something. Too many Thunderbolts. I can go back. You know what? Speaking of Kirby, my next game that I can always go back to was one that I I played all the time as a kid and still go back. And I'm starting to realize a lot of these is because of the music. And this is definitely one of the ones because of the music, but it was also... Like I said, the colors are popping and it was a very unique game. And it was a little challenging as a kid. It was Kirby's Adventure for the NES. I remember the box art, just a big old puffball, pink puffball, and he's floating in the sky. I just, I love, I love the, the copying abilities. That's one thing that always I'm a sucker for is when a game introduces you something new and they kept on adding, they kept on, as, as you progressed through the game, they would give you more enemies to, to suck and copy their abilities. So it felt like you were getting new stuff. Like, nothing changed. Kirby was still, just had his few attacks that he could do. He could suck and copy the abilities. But as you progress through the game, you can get new enemies with new abilities, and it felt new. And then if you sucked up two of them at the same time, it would randomize the ability. So it would just cycle through all these different abilities really quickly, and you would be like, holy hell, there's all these abilities I haven't seen yet? This is awesome. And there's some that are only you can get that by doing that the double copy ability kirby's kirby's adventure i, I play through I, this isn't one that i play through as much as these other ones but i do go through maybe once every couple years and just you know quickly smash through it real quick and they have some mini games remember the crane game andrew where you had you could pick up a fat uh kirby or a skinny kirby and he was all his, his cheeks were all puffed in like a fucking squirrel And he would, like, wiggle if you would picked him up in not the correct spot on the crane, and they would drop and we would get so angry. God, man. Fucking. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: As kids who were good and, like, enjoyed the crane games at, like, Pizza Hut and everything. uh, At at the Pizza Hut. At Pizza Hut and (laughs) places like that. We were very upset with ourselves or upset with the game whenever we couldn't get the crane game right in a video game.
0: This is inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah. He was too fat, man. His arms were old up. Nobody, somebody had just won, so they decreased the pressurization on the crane. We had to lose a lot of times. That's what it was. Definitely, definitely wasn't because we didn't grab Kirby's armpits in the correct spot or anything. Great, great game. Fucking, I might go through that sometime this year. I think I think it's been long enough. I think I might play through it again this year.
1: There you go. But I mean, like, even back in that era, that just reminds me of, like, the Zelda games. Like, Zelda one because it doesn't have to take long. You speed you've you sped run it. Speed, sped run, <laughs> sped speed run. run. You sped run it. Yeah, yeah you sped run it. <laughs>
0: I speed run. You ran did a speed it. run on it.
1: <laughs> and I mean like it's it doesn't have to take very long, but it's it's fun and nostalgic to be able to do and just be like, Well, I still got it. And then if you wanted to do the original, the Zelda one, or if you wanted to do the Majora's Mask on the three DS. You have save points and you have different things of changing around a strategy feel and just like, how am I going to achieve this next goal? Okay, well, in the first one, you need a ladder, you need the raft, you need a candle, you need this and that. In the other ones, it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to talk to this person, I need to figure out this first and that first before the three days are up. Just having the different aspects of the strategy. Even though they're the same, they're still different in each of the games, whether you're like Spirit Tracks or Wind Waker or Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess. Yes, you still have to go through and try to figure out the dungeons and whatnot, but it's a different method and style of what you do, so it has to retrain your brain. It's not just going to be the same, I need to run through here, I need to dodge this, I need to do that. No, it's incorporating all sorts of other things. They've come out with so many different styles that it can be fresh again when you're going back to revisit
0: an old one. Do you have one in the series that you would pick as like your go-to replay one? Or is it just kind of like as a series you're like, man, I haven't played Oracle of Seasons in forever. Let me go ahead and crush that real quick.
1: Well, funny that you mentioned, I think that was one of the last ones that I did go back and replay was Oracle of Seasons. Before that... It might have been... No, it, it was Majora's Mask on the 3DS, because I had that one. And also, what was the one that was uh the Shadow World? The like the mirror? It was on the 3DS Link as Between well. Worlds. Link Between Worlds. I played that one as well. And those were some of the last few that I did play, because my setups are... I, I don't have the whole ROM aspect that you do yet. <laughs> I have to remember how I set it up to get it to play and whatnot mm. um, for the way that my cable management is. The 3DS games are the easier ones to go back to replay right now, and that's why those were more of what I hit on. And I had my Game Boy Color out, so I was playing that as well.
0: I'm really surprised you didn't say Triforce Heroes. I feel like that's the the quintessential Legend of Zelda game right there.
1: (laughs) Oh, the game that you, me, and Sean started? This is when we first started playing on Discord. We had a Discord call going, (laughs) trying to work together to go through the missions, but we couldn't really play too much on our own, so we had to wait and schedule a time when we're all adults and can't really get together <laughs> yeah. so that we can play over Wi-Fi for our three DSs off of a Discord call on our phones. <laughs> I would love to it was, play uh, it again and beat it.
0: I yeah, I I definitely want to get back up with Mr. Sean and and play through it again. It's like probably the only Zelda game I have not beaten. And I would like to finally crush that one. Uh I think I think another thing was we just kept on goofing around. We would pick each other up, just like we always did. We would pick each other up and throw us throw us somewhere into some lava or a hole or something. Yep. I think mine would definitely be Matura's Mask. Obviously I'm playing through it again, like I said. At the beginning of this episode, it's gonna come back. I absolutely love Matura's Mask, and I think it's the how dark of a story it is. I know I said earlier I, I don't enjoy the the dreary stuff but Majora's Mask usually Legend of Zelda even with the hor- <laughs> how horrific the story sounds I think Majora's Mask really hits it home you know you, you first start off becoming Dooku Link and you walk right by the, the statue that's supposed to be the, the guy's dead son and it, it, even the face on it is so horrific when you change the mask you have all the screaming and it, it just looks terrifying oh absolutely I love all the masks in the game. Uh, I think that was a big part of it was just collecting all the different masks, and I think they really they they really did a good job on such a rush job using all these same assets from Ocarina of Time.
1: Yeah, it didn't feel like a follow up game like a oh here's Ocarina of Time one point five. Yeah, no, it was its own game that actually you know held its own of story. Of content, of uh, creativity, and even
0: artwork. No, it's it's a game that somehow every time I play through it, I, I feel like I find something new, and I'm not sure how that is because I've a hundred percent it quite a few times. Maybe it's just because my like I said my memory is shit, and I'll I'll forget about it. But going through different times, it always feels fresh. Going to Say, I always forget the alien aspect of it when you're going to the ranch, and I'm like, man, that's creepy as shit. Even though the aliens look like blobs, they're fucking horrible looking. That's no, really cool. And of course, the whole time you got the moon coming down, that's impending doom. That's definitely that's that's the reason why I picked that one on the 3ds. Was like, all right, I wanna I wanna go through this one again. It's it's been like a year since I last played it, so I was like, let's let's crush the Majora's Mask. Let's get some masks. Let's save the town.
1: So I'll kind of steer off into a different direction with my next one, which you might even have incorporated into your list as well. I enjoyed playing Halo. I enjoyed playing each of the stories. I enjoyed playing each of the multiplayers. Yes, there are certain ones that just like the multiplayers got a little more meh. Or that when they tried to add or incorporate new things, and it was just a little too whatever. But I enjoyed the story and the continuous story. Watching and following Master Chief as you go along, figuring out how the Arbiter is going to be incorporated and realizing that, oh, you know, he's going to join in with your base of story. Like he is going to befriend Master Chief. Like I enjoyed just all the different parts of the Halo series. But I think, I think there was one that was like a little more important to you.
0: Yeah, for me, it was definitely Halo 2. I think the reason why that one stands out so much is the difficulty of it. That one is by far the hardest Halo single player series.
1: Well, it's not like you have like a sniper alley to go through of a a whole (laughs) bunch of little jackals that have snipers that just pick you off with a headshot when you don't even see them.
0: Yeah, for sure. You definitely only have like one polygon of your fucking helmet peeking out and they're like, and then you're dead and you're like, what the shit? And we definitely didn't we definitely didn't like throw any controllers when we, we played through it together a few years ago. God damn it. Now Halo 2, they added a lot of stuff. I remember being so hyped, like every little bit of information. This was before I, I stopped hyping myself up for games. This was one of the rare games where I felt like it lived up to the hype that I was experiencing. I remember watching videos on them showing how damages get uh, I'm sorry, how, vehicle, yeah, how vehicles get damaged.
1: Oh yeah, well, you could shoot the tires
0: off. and Yeah, the ghosts would lose their wings, and they would fucking explode and shit. Um, they were like, we got dual wielding. And you're like, dual wielding? And then that's on the cover. Yeah, who thought of that? You know, Master Chief's got two hands, he's gotta hold both for the pistol. What are you talking about, dual wield? The online was just phenomenal, the maps, everything about Halo 2 was just amazing, and Going through the, the the campaign over and over again, it's it's a lot of fun because of how challenging it is. Another one for me, like I said, this isn't... I I would not call them hard. I've said this numerous times, and that's not to gloat. But Dark Souls 1 is one that I can play through over and over again. I love Dark Souls 1. It's kind of loosely based i i kind of think about dark souls 1 with legend of zelda 1 on nes because the game drops you into the the world and it's like it gives you the very little information like in legend of zelda 1 you get a sword from the cave and he's like hey you might need this it's dangerous to travel alone yeah and dark souls 1 you talk to some guy when you get to the next area because the first area is kind of like an introduction area, then you get to the next area. You got some guy who's like, hey, you got two bells to ring. Go ring them. <laughs> it's like there's like five different pathways you can go down, and all of them seem wrong because of how much damage the enemies do, and you're so new to it. But playing through Dark Souls, I've played through a few randomizers for Dark Souls. I I absolutely love the first one. And I'm really excited for Elden Ring. Haven't played it yet because uh, my copy hasn't arrived yet. Please don't bring it up. I'm, I'm very hurt about that. But uh no, Dark Souls, I, I can't tell you how many times I've beaten that game. Gone through with different builds. Gone through with like minimalist style, trying to do some no hits, which I never fully did a new hit no hit run, but I, I would like to at some point. That series is very awesome to me. I, I love I love it because it is a bit of a challenge. But after you played it so many times, it, it loses its challenge. That's why you kind of create your own challenges with the randomizers and no hits and stuff like that. Uh, Andrew, you never got into the Dark Souls, right? No, not really. That's a shame, man. It's not, and I'm not going to be one of those guys like, what? You know, like Dark Souls? Dark Souls isn't everyone's cup of tea. Uh, I'm not going to, I would never make fun of anyone or question why they love certain games and don't like other games unless you're a FIFA or Madden fan. Uh, those are the only ones that I will, I will always make fun of. But I like I said, Andrew, I get you it being not not you and your cup of tea. I wish it was, especially with Elden Ring coming out, because we can do some co-op stuff together.
1: No, I mean I get that. Like I there are certain things of the not necessarily horror or thriller aspect, like some of those that just don't appeal to me as much. I mean, I have been watching some gameplay of Elden Ring from certain streamers and
0: Don't spoil it. I'm not <laughs> don't tell me shit.
1: It doesn't look as as uh bad as I was originally thinking that it may be.
0: So like difficult
1: or I don't want to say scary cuz not necessarily scary, but I don't I don't really want to say much cuz I don't want to just <laughs> <laughs> potentially I may be interested in getting like I don't know if I'll be to the aspect or point of playing it enough to have decent enough weapons to then be able to help you with different co op things, but
0: That's why I'm there. <laughs> I'm there to help you. <laughs> if I could just hop in here or there and then help you
1: out and then I'd be like, okay, alright, I'm out. <laughs> and then I'd probably be down with that, but unfortunately it's not like that.
0: That's fair. Uh, that's cool, man. Like I said, I'm not I would never make fun of anyone for the type of games they play and don't want to play. It's not for everyone. I feel like people that do that are just dicks. Like people want to play my wife wants to fucking play Sims in Animal Crossing. Good for me. You know, she plays what she wants to play. Why Why would I be like, you don't want to play Halo 2? It's not her cup of tea. Fuck it. Right. I
1: mean, at least there is some sort of uh, common ground for you guys to be able to, play, uh, to talk about and play, so that's always something.
0: Yep. True, true.
1: Now probably to go back towards like the Halo series aspects, my next one I could probably talk about would be like any kind of first person shooter that has a decent online multiplayer. And I mean we'll go back as far as like Goldeneye or The World Is Not Enough. Like and they didn't have online multiplayers at the time, they had local multiplayers as well as Perfect Dark and such. Um but when you got to the online multiplayers of uh, playing Halo 2 and Up, playing the Call of Duties, the Modern Warfares, the Black Ops, there were times where I would play those a lot, a lot. You can probably realize that from the fact that I constantly still mention I play Warzone, even if it's just a couple hours out of the week. That's a game that I I recognize, for the most part, does take skill. It takes a lot of hand-eye coordination. It takes a, a reflex and reaction time. I see it as a slight RPG aspect when you have to use and gain experience for your weapons to be able to build them up, to be able to have better weapons. And that is something that I enjoy, to be able to work up the weapon experience, weapon camos to have different things like that. And there's been so many times where I've like, I will continually go back to play Call of Duty Black Ops while it's like before the next one comes out and whatnot. And like, I would almost play it all the way up through or to or through the release of the next game because I wouldn't get the next game right away. And that would be my relaxation. That would be my, like, I'm going to hop on. I'm going to play a few rounds tonight and then i'll go to sleep
0: and then be less relaxed than when you first start absolutely <laughs> and
1: maybe a uh, controller button shy
0: i mean you don't need the y button all right it's not important who needs I to switch you. weapons
1: as long as you got the right weapon the first time it's not going to matter
0: <laughs> yeah what you got you, you have a shitty weapon on the back end that you don't want that way when you walk over a weapon you do want you just swap weapons on the ground
1: exactly just pick it up like oh well this is good enough for that person I just killed let me use it
0: <laughs> oh man let's see we're coming up on the end we got a couple more so thank you for sticking with us so far I uh, hope you're enjoying the episode my next one is one me and John have talked about before and it's Metal Gear Solid 3 this game just did everything right for me it I remember first playing it and I was amazed at somehow they incorporated a survival aspect to it you needed to eat you needed to actually tend to your wounds and it wasn't just eating a ration no it was like oh you got to use your cigar to uh, cauterize this wound you need to pull out this bow and arrow you need to wrap it up it was like this is this is next level shit. It's insane. If you that was a good didn't game. Eat, if you if you didn't eat and your stamina got too low, your gun would start shaking when you're trying to aim. It's like, holy fuck, man, how this is next gen stuff and this was on the PS2.
1: I got bit by a snake. Let me uh yeah. let me replenish the health I lost from the snake by eating the snake itself. Like
0: Oh man. the the jungle aspect was was really neat, the different camos just being big boss felt like a just felt like a badass. Me and John talked about this before. we love absolutely love the storyline of Megersout 3. We won't go too far into why I can replay this but I mean come on the game is just 10 out of 10 it's, it's perfection in my book. This is one of the games where I can rewatch the story and the cutscenes over and over again even with how long they are uh watching Ocelot do his little Gun fucking flip shit. I I I love that <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh watch like Get Owned uh when he was using the Makarov instead of the uh the revolvers. It's it's Hiyukajima did such a great job of making you feel like this character was the best of the best. And he I feel like he put his heart and soul into this game and it shows. And that's why I can easily play through this game over and over again. I can't I cannot wait to do the big boss run of Metal Gear Solid 3. It's it's probably the one I'm most look in both series, it's one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most, to be honest.
1: Honestly, that's the one I can't wait to hear about. The new things that you forgot about. Like just the different things that you would encounter or had encountered, didn't encounter this time because of the RNG. <laughs> oh yeah, I remembered I needed to not make sure to do this because blank.
0: Yep. Oh, and the the end boss, the the guy in the sniper where you can literally just save your game and then wait a week real time and the guy dies of old age. Come on, man. Who thinks of this shit? It's the <laughs> same
1: people who think that okay, well, so Psychomantis doesn't read what I'm putting in. I need to unplug my controller out of controller 1 and put it into controller slot 2 those people
0: god man i i love that series so fucking much
1: it's a good one i i mean like i understand we keep mentioning different series and we keep mentioning different things and like yes of course there's going to be some that have and not so good ones or ones that weren't as well received because maybe they were pushed out or maybe they tried something different that didn't really get uh good responses to but there are a lot of different series that we've enjoyed throughout the years, and I love that we get to share that with you. but I mean, one that really takes me back is back in the old Sega Genesis days, Game Gear days, and even Saturn and Dreamcast Dreamcast G-K, yeah is a uh, shining force. I greatly enjoyed Shining Force. I enjoyed the storylines. I enjoyed the uh, the strategy battle aspects of it, the difficulties that you can you can have it like a harder difficulty, a regular difficulty. Basically, you're the general of war, you have people with abilities. As you give them experience, they learn new abilities and they become different quintessential parts of your crew. You can get new people coming in. Alright, do I want to take someone out? Do I want to not give the new person a chance? what's this storyline gonna entitle I've enjoyed Shining Force like I can replay that over and over again and I have Um, the first one it has I think nine chapters to it that I could just run through and just love because uh, of course you want to take your time and to build up your characters but just the story aspect to it it's just it's fun and then the second one has like it has so much more time that you should put into it, can put into it, because of how much more of a story it has, and how much longer that dives into. Then you have the Game Gear version, then you have all the others. There's more that I still haven't played yet, that I want to play, that are off of either different platforms, or they're just they're a little more rare to find, and I haven't acquired them yet. Which may come in handy whenever I start doing more ROM stuff like you. Shining Force is definitely up on the list for me of replay.
0: Now, when you replay it, do you try and build a different team every time?
1: For the most part, I may have like a couple heavy hitters that I like rely on, but I'll try to see the aspect of okay, well, these are the two healers I usually try to do, and these are the two or three that I I didn't give a chance. Let me try them instead. I usually have like a regular healer. Let me put in a monk instead or a, a bishop that does more aura then direct healing it does like a group healing or, Oh, well this monster didn't really have a good enough stats and I didn't feel like building them up or, you know, knocking a, an enemy down to one health for them to just like maybe miss the attack, maybe hit the attack and get the experience for, and try to build this person up. I may give them a chance this time, but it varies as I play as to how my team was able to build up and basically who becomes a more crucial part of the team that I want to continue with.
0: Cuz this is one that I I would go through as well. Uh I feel like what we should do next time is you pick my team and I pick your team. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, I'm putting all 7 centaurs on your fucking team. <laughs> Why? That's right. That that's You got Li- You got Lyle. I mean, he's he's cool. Got blonde hair. Oh.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least I'd have Arthur so that he would be able to cast some magic, but...
0: True, true. You also got Pele, man. He's a heavy hitter. Pele and what was it? Uh, Victor? Car. Yeah. <laughs> You're cruel. But you also got Ken.
1: I hated promoting them.
0: I hated promoting them because they always looked the same. They always had the... Oh, the like horse <laughs> armor.
1: Oh, cool! It's still the same centaur, except now they have a cloth over their back. Yeah, Sweet. that's
0: their armor. <laughs> Here's your power spear. Get the fuck out of here, chief man! Nobody gives fuck. Um, We're gonna
1: go through four different more uh, lance upgrades, but you're gonna still stick with the same power spear because I don't like you being directly next to the opponent that you need to kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be a fun stream challenge though
0: yeah I'm telling you man like picking each other's teams would be fantastic and we'd have to, we'd have some rules like no egresses um, <laughs> yeah there's no no leveling up man you gotta go through no fuck that up we can make it even
1: you, you'll say you'll say no egresses and I'll <laughs> your chat will tell you he just bought seven angel wings Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> no going back to towns damn it <laughs> great pick man great pick I feel like the reason why we love it so much is because, well, obviously your dad played it. We talked about that before. So that was, that's a that's a huge aspect for me. But it's also, it was Fire Emblem before we had Fire Emblem. Yes. Like we both really love Fire Emblem. And we didn't have anything like that on the West. I mean, we had a couple things that came out after Shining Force 1 and 2, like, uh, was it Dark Wizard? Is that what it's called? Uh, for Sega CD. But it it was such a unique concept of strategy that you actually had to think a little bit when playing the game. So I think, I think that's why it stuck with us for so long and why we enjoyed it so much when it first came out. I'm going to go on the counter console of yours. Yours was Sega Genesis. Mine was Super Nintendo. Uh, I never owned this. My sister had this game. Finally got myself a copy. It's probably top three, Super Nintendo games for me. uh It's Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. Everything I've said about all the previous games, about why I love them so much—the music, the art. This game does phenomenally. The music, the do 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 do. It's so cheerful. Playing this game, you gotta click the little sunflowers to get all the points. Uh, you gotta click. You gotta click the little stars to increase your timer for Baby Mario. Poochie, the little dog that you had to ride on to help. <laughs> the enemies, remember the, the fat, shy guys mm-hmm. that create the big eggs? You
1: eat the watermelon so you can spit out the sea.
0: Doop, 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 yeah, doop. and while you're, while you're fighting the little monkeys, uh, the one bad guy where you had to defeat him by de him. Yeah, and then he got so shy that it deflated.
1: Getting those little fuzzy... Uh oh touch fuzzy get dizzy yeah you act drunk
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this was nintendo at its its peak it's prime man they they destroyed everything that like to me this this should have been played by everyone in the super nintendo era i love this game i love all like i said i loved all these games but this one is probably the one I can go through the most. Even watching the speedruns of this game is amazing because the, the tech they have to go through and do it. And it does have a little bit of difficulty aspect to it. Uh, the end boss is a little creepy when you have the big Bowser that you have to th- launch eggs at. He's like coming closer towards you.
1: And I'll say, like, I think playing that game a little bit was what made me enjoy playing as yoshi sometimes in super smash in the original because once you Mm. get the right angle for throwing those eggs oh it's like you're (laughs) just like hitting dodgeball like you're just hitting that weak kid in gym class just (laughs) (laughs) you hit the right angle it
0: explodes perfectly talking about these games just makes me (laughs) i could go through i have all these games all these consoles that i've modded ever drives and stuff like that where i can go through and play all these games and i just feel i feel like playing through these select games again
1: (laughs) this is why we do it
0: yeah i don't know do you think these games have they're just they're really good or do you think there's a nostalgia factor to it or what do you, you what are your thoughts on it
1: i think it's all of the above i think that because we actually witnessed the progression of consoles and video games throughout the years we understood that that was pinnacle of its time, each one of them. And because of that, it wasn't like um, we're trying to tell our kids to go back and play Goldeneye on the N64 controller. And they're like, what the fuck is this? I can't even look around good enough. Like, how am I, ta- like I can't tap strafe just using the C buttons. This isn't really cool what's going on. But because we were able to experience it in real time and it was the pinnacle of its time, and they were like, it can't possibly get better. And then it does. I think that there is the nostalgia aspect to it, but I also believe that for its time, it was good. And for someone like us who has experienced it in its time, there is that feeling of recreating the memory and the nostalgia and enjoying it which could be why they're trying to remaster so many of the older games um, remake them so that they newer generations may be as interested but just in namesake alone so that they can understand the story or they can experience the plot and understand the backstory to some of the potentially newer games like why is blank blank seven the way that it is well you see back in blank blank 2 when it came out with this console you know this is what happened oh, okay well i guess that makes sense it's not as fun to play but i get the story now so i think that there's a combined aspect of it all like there is the nostalgia but there may not be as fun of a replay value for some of these games for most people but i'm sure that there's plenty of games that other people have other people enjoy that they love to go back and play. Like someone may enjoy like the second Mortal Kombat, as opposed to the fifth one or this or that. And they'd love to go back and play certain ones because oh, that one had smoke in it, or oh, that one Luke Cage could do blank. So I th- I, th- I think there's a little bit of a an all encompassing aspect of that.
0: For me, I think for most of these that we picked, I think it's because. Of the limitations of their time, they had limited stuff they could work with, so they had to think outside the box on what they could do, because we picked a lot of older stuff. Uh, there's some newer things, not like new-new, I would say. I'm looking at the list. I think Dark Souls might be the newest one, unless we include like some of the newer Halos. Uh, maybe Skyrim. I don't know. We didn't pick too many new stuff. Right. Don't get me wrong. I still love the new things. It's just I feel like companies back then were limited by what they could do because of the time period. They had to work with dutes and beeps for music. I mean, look at Final Fantasy VI, they have an opera scene using dutes and beeps. Now we can just have an actual orchestra do the music. And yet somehow it doesn't feel as magical as it did back then. So, I feel like the limited stuff they had helped make these games so precious. I mean, hell, look at Mature's mass They just literally reused stuff from a different game, and they made a completely new game and added new stuff to it somehow. Halo 2. They added such small things, but it created such a, a world. Such an amazing game.
1: A whole new difference.
0: Yeah. Just small little tweaks and just stuff they added made these games feel so special and that's why i i I do believe it's some nostalgia for us obviously my kid's not going to be like oh man i'm gonna go and play some shining force one boy howdy
1: dad it's that kid from Fortnite.
0: (laughs) god damn it shut up i knew i should have pushed your mother down the
1: stairs (sighs) but i mean even for newer games it's not it's difficult for you to want to replay it or have that like i'm going to constantly replay this game when it's more new. Like, it may give you, like, nostalgia feelings of something old, or, oh, so many new games also came out. I may not just, you know, replay this same game over and over again, even though it is newer.
0: Hmm.
1: See, like, because I know for some of us, like, some of the games that we mentioned, there may have been, like, three years a gap each time that we replayed it. Like, even for some of the newer games, we can't necessarily say that just yet, because maybe not enough time has passed for each one of those.
0: As always, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic or any of the other topics we had tweet at us. Let us know how much you miss John. Twitter is going to be VGL podcast. Instagram is VGL underscore podcast. Of course you're hopefully listening to this on Spotify or Apple music. But shout us, you know, spread the word for us. If you wouldn't mind, Uh, if you enjoy this episode, go ahead and tell your friends, Tell your family, tell your newborn infants, because I'm going to go take care of my daughter here and be like, hey, dad just recorded another one. It was an absolute slapper. 10 out of 10. Wouldn't recommend. Definitely not because I was in it. And like, like we did earlier, had a shout out uh, for Stay Wild Trauma Child, all part of the Creative Brain Candy umbrella. So if you enjoy this podcast, want to listen to any of those, creativebraincandy.com has podcast. Not in the video game aspect, but definitely just as high quality, if not higher quality than what we produce here. And yet again, one last plug for Voltar on his YouTube channel. If you have any kind of modding that you would like to do, anywhere from simple home brews to actual like taking the console apart and modifying the actual circuitry of stuff, go check his YouTube channel out. And please, like I said, if we if there's any games you guys Absolutely love replaying. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking.
1: Tell us if we're right or wrong. Tell us if we missed something that was oh, that was so simple. Why didn't they think of that? Well, because
0: we are simple. (laughs) I mean, I wish I could say you're wrong, but you're you're not. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it's going to be me and Andrew for a little bit. So we're going to do our best for you guys to continue. Bring in that great VGL podcast shit that you all love and enjoy.
1: If need be, you can always go back and replay our old ones.
0: Yeah, just not like episode one through three. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we were trying, okay? We didn't know what was going on. We were on. learning. We were, edit- we were recording inside of a wind tunnel, all right? Trying to get those peaks at their peakest. A literal
1: closet with a window open.
0: <laughs> but, as always, we love you guys. Uh, we will see you for the next episode. Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye. See ya!
0: by the way, this episode brought to you by Andrew. (laughs) Here's your power spear. Get the fuck out of here.